crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have a tremendous episode for you with the owner of Camargo Insurance, Jay Muller, uh, someone who I've gotten to know over um, the last few months, and we had a chance to talk on the phone, and just I heard his story and, and what he has going on and some of the decisions he's made in his agency and how he kind of is just another tremendous example of someone using an independent insurance agency to build the lifestyle, um, the work style, the, the, to build the exact business that they want in their life that supports both the, the meaningfulness of the work and the lifestyle that they ultimately want. And I think uh, Jay's a great guy. I love what he's doing. And he is putting in place some of the building blocks for what is going to be an absolutely tremendous agency. Well, Camargo is a great agency already, but he's kind of doing things to set them up to go even further. And we talk a lot about that. And this is just this is just a great all-around episode that I think you're really going to enjoy. Before we get there, I want to give uh, a shout-out to Better Agency. So Better Agency is one of the sponsors of this show. They make the show possible, and I am also a user of Better Agency. So Better Agency is the CRM that drives rogue risk. Uh, we use it for all our communications, all our emails, all our texts. We keep our attachments there. We keep our notes there. Um you know, we trigger tasks out to other tools. I use Better Agency to trigger um, personalized postcards that I send out through thanks.io. And it's all easily managed both visually uh, and from just an agency workflow standpoint. They're adding new features almost on a weekly basis, it feels like. Um, and those, you know, they've added all the commercial line stuff and that's continuing to get better. So it you know, I've said this for a while about Better Agency. If you are a if you're a personal lines focused agency, there's literally no better CRM on the market. Uh, and now, with their most recent update and the you know just kind of what's been um, proposed coming in the next few updates, uh, they are rapidly becoming just an all around universal best in class CRM for the insurance industry. And it is well worth your time to get a demo and at least know what Better Agency can do. That's betteragency.io. Go to betteragency.io. Get the demo. Do the, the trial. I think it's like 14 days for a buck. Uh, you know, $1, 14 days, you get to try it out. And um, some of the best some of the best and most forward-thinking agency owners in our industry have leaned into Better Agency. And uh, I couldn't be uh, happier with the product myself. So, all right, go to betteragency.io and uh, let's get on to Jay Muller. There he is. What's up, man? What's going on? Dude, you look amped up. I am. Ready to go. Yeah, I got my... I got my 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 nine essential amino oil uh, a, uh, acids in me, and I just got my workout in. And there you go. Was pounding some chicken real quick. <laughs> feeling good. We're feeling That's real good. good. That's some... good. You do the uh, the midday workout. Is that your routine? So, uh, what actually happened was, um, I have a buddy of mine uh, who he's actually he's also a mortgage broker, and he, he sends me some business and stuff. But he he's a buddy first, probably. And um, uh, I told him the other day that I've been getting into boxing for like cardio and um, and that kind of stuff. I, I added that into my workout because I just I just hate running. Like yeah, you know I, I try to mix in like three to five miles when I can, but like I just hate it. Like it's just not fun. Like just I get done with it and I'm just like ah I ran you know whatever. <laughs> so about two months ago I started researching boxing. I'm not really looking to punch anybody, nor do I really want to be punched at 40 years old, but, but certainly the workout and uh, I've, I've kind of really started to get into it. So he used to be a boxer or, you know, did some amateur boxing. And um, so he's got like a whole gym in his basement. So I went over this morning and we did like a cool kind of circuit workout. And then, uh, and then 
you know, as much as I probably should have been cold calling, I, I did a bunch of like errands that I had to run for like the family. So the rest of the day, life, I'll, I'll life does happen and things yeah. have to happen. So, yeah. 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 And because I'm the work from home, uh, spouse, I get tasked often with like, Hey, can we stop at the store and pick this up? And if you're driving by this store, pick this up. So I just got all that crap out of the way. Well, that's good. Those, those, I got way, I got so far away from my workout routine over the last, I don't know, six months or something. And you know, I, I go, I get in cycles in and out of it where I'm very diligent about it. And for me, the morning workout is the best one because that yeah. like gets the blood flowing, gets my brain going. I just, it, get, it gets me in a, like in a zone for the rest of the day. Um, but then inevitably something will happen and it's like, man, I know I'm not going to get to everything today or this week. So I need that hour or that 30 minutes. And no matter what time I wake up in the morning, like I just, I wake up and I'm like, got to go into the office, but then I get away from it for a period of time. And next thing you know, I'm just, I'm not as on point. I'm not like, I'm not where I need to be. And I, I got to get back to, to, to doing the thing. So I actually, I got, I started running. Um, and I, I am not a huge fan of running. However, I, recently my goal has been to not work hard <laughs> as ironic as that might sound I'm like i need to be consistent period i don't care if i run for 10 minutes in the morning like just move your body in the morning and do something and you're gonna yep. feel better and don't and don't get too far into it because that's what i'll do is i'll start whether it's running or lifting or whatever the heck it is like i start doing it and then i, I just want to do it like more and then you know be better and better and better and then it, i build up this own pressure in my head which is pointless because I don't plan on or need to run a marathon or run fast or lift lots of weights yeah. or anything. I need to be freaking healthy and feel good. That's really it. And just being consistent with uh, setting the bar low <laughs> with my workout routine is kind of where I feel like I need to be right now. I feel the same exact way. I, I get the unfortunate thing for, and I shouldn't say unfortunate because I think it's helped me in some ways, but I just, once I lock into something, I kind of obsess about it. So like yeah. if I'm like with the boxing thing, I'm now like watching YouTube videos about throwing punches and I'm literally saying to myself, I am never getting into a ring at, <laughs> at, at, you know, like those days are over. Like I'm never, I don't want anyone to punch me in the face. Like I have zero desire, but at the same time, because I'm doing, and I do really like the workout and I really, the mix of strength and speed and, and core, I really like it. I can feel great. But, oh, but yeah, you know, so I'm going like, how much, what am I, why am I researching this so much? No. But, uh, you know, whatever, it's all good. It, you know, it, it, I think that kind of obsession, you know, I, I definitely obsess about good things for, for business and, you know, try to obsess, try to obsess about positive things or, or productive things as well. Although I guess the working out could be productive, but, um, it's all good. Oh, yeah. It's all good. I, uh, the COVID definitely, um, I was way off of center because of the COVID, you know, not, not COVID itself, but just all the craziness. And then I probably got a little too caught up into the political stuff. Um, and, uh, since, since, um, the election happened, I basically said to myself, I said to myself the day before the election, whatever happens, whoever is the president, whatever stuff, like, I'm, I'm shutting it off. I'm going to very, you know, loosely follow what's happening just, just from like an interest standpoint. I'm not going to like get on Twitter and <laughs> express my opinion, um, uh, which I found myself doing occasionally. <laughs> and uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, and, and this is so off context, and I promise everyone who's listening, we will pull this back into why Jay's actually on the show. But um, I... I, uh, I have a blue check on Twitter um, and I got that uh, because four or five years ago, a buddy of mine who was working for Twitter, working with Twitter, they were looking for, you know, quote unquote influence. And I hate that word. And everyone who's going to say, you know, influence, I'm not, I don't think of myself in that way. They were looking for people in other industries other than like media and celebrities to give the blue check to. They wanted people and others, and they did it in financial services, real estate, they did it in all these different industries. And um, they just happened to 
you know, he reached out to me and he said, Hey, do you want this? If you, you know what I mean? It's, it does come with baggage was what he said. And it does because, because you have that blue check people respond more to some of the things that you write. And, um, I am right leaning, I could say, which is awful because on many, many issues, I'm also very left. You know, I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm more of a human than these machines that operate these talking heads on both sides. You're, you're but human but yeah, I mean, <laughs> in general, I tend to be of a more, you know, whatever. I'm more of a capitalist, I guess, probably than anything. It doesn't matter. So um, well, there's the whole, there's the whole social and fiscal thing. And that for whatever yes. reason, they get grouped together into hundred percent. And, and that is the biggest shame. I think of the whole thing is you have people and this is actually how it, how it got started was I wrote a tweet that said, I love, I, I, I um, hate racism and bigotry, but I also hate socialism. And I really hate that I can't hate both of those things at the same time. That was the tweet, right? Cause, cause essentially what had been preached. And again, I, you know, if you're listening, you're probably going to hate me if your views are different after this, but, but this was the thought process was, I, you know, you just tweeted something that like you, you, maybe this was the point. Now everybody gets to hate you for that statement. So yes. You, yes. Now everyone hates me on both sides because people are like, <laughs> oh, oh, you're supposed to, I thought you were a, a Republican. And I'm like, nah, not really. I mean, I voted for Obama the first time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really a Republican. I'm not really a Democrat. I kind of just, I really like people, but I also think people, I also like capitalism because I've read too much about socialism and Gulag, the, you know, I read the Gulag Archipelago and I read about Nazi Germany and some things that happened in Ethiopia and stuff. And so I understand what happens when socialism comes in. I understand what the triggers are. So I have this very clear opinion. It's not just me like, oh, capitalism, you know, like America. Like I actually have an opinion and I was stupid enough to voice that opinion. And from that day on, it like, oh, and I'm just, so I said, stop. And from surprisingly, I'm in a much better mood every day now that I'm not involved. So. <laughs> huh. Well, I never knew anything about the blue check. So I'm, uh, I'm, I love my LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is fun until, you know, until you get the annoying, like now everybody wants to send me the automated message. But outside of that, LinkedIn is interesting. Like people yeah. post interesting stuff. It's cool. I freaking hate Facebook. I never got into Twitter. Um, I probably should to, you know, for, marketing purposes, whatever. But I, I, I've just never really got into, uh, into Twitter. So the blue check, I knew nothing about it. Now yeah, I know it something. basically means you're a verified <laughs> account and they've, they've stopped like about a, two years ago, they stopped giving out blue checks. So it's like a thing. Ah. And, um, to be honest with you, I never, when I only tweeted before I ever tweeted check? anything that had to do with politics, when it was only just insurance, it meant nothing. It was really just like, I didn't even realize that it was there. And then the first time that I tweeted anything about politics, um, one, I found out how addictive it can be. So when you see these people who say crazy, crazy shit just to get more attention, mm -hmm. I kind of got a taste of that. Because um, I had a tweet actually go viral that hit like one point something million people. Because I wrote, um, I wrote uh, this is before Andrew Lang Andrew Yang went super identity intersectional politics person. But like when he was just talking about fiscal and problem solving and he seemed very rational and very thought out, I was like, Hmm, if you took this guy and you attached like a Tulsi Gabbard to the, as a VP candidate, that combo could give Trump a serious run for the money. That was the tweet, something like that. Oh my God, dude, my likes were like, like my phone. I had to like, fix my phone. It was insane. And I was, I was like, I can see why these people get addicted to this because I mean, it was crazy how many people were just hitting that like button. And, um, and I just, it, and it's not healthy. I mean, what yeah. I learned from maybe the last six months of being, and I don't want to say that I'm involved in any way, but just not having the self-discipline to not get involved, I guess is probably the right way to put it, um, is that I, I completely understand why celebrities and these media personalities and people get addicted to saying this stuff and having these opinions and being so inflammatory. 
is it is intoxicating. It really yeah. is. I mean, it's intoxicating to look at your Twitter and see 7,000 likes on a post. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you know, it's I've just like this amp. I mean, on some level, we all like to have attention yeah. and it's just this amplification of attention. And that's uh, like, of course, we're going to like that. Like who, who wouldn't like people liking you? <laughs> and when you can multiply that times a gazillion, now, now that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Even though rationally, you know, it's unhealthy. But dude, I want to talk. I, so, okay. So to give everyone, to reframe our conversation, um, we had the opportunity to talk maybe, what was it, about a month ago? So like it was still nice out. I was, I was pacing my pool when we were having the conversation. That's and right. um you know, we were just talking a little bit about your story and your background and the things that you have going on. And, um, you know, we were talking about a whole bunch of stuff. And I, I just, you know, I was like, man, I just want to have this conversation as much as you're willing to have it in, 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 in this format, because it just was the kind of story and, and, and just some of your thought processes and the way you approach different things. And, um, you know, what really hit me was you having the guts to, to, to kind of refocus and, and do that work and some of that stuff. Like, I think there's, there's something really, really powerful there. So one, I appreciate you coming on. And two, um, why don't you, I'd love for you to just to kind of jump in a little bit, maybe, maybe talk a little bit for people who haven't met you um, before, just, just tell them a little bit about your, you know, the agency and what you have going on and then we can go from there. Sure. And before I dive into it, we always have music pumping in here, and I have no idea if that's like- you're good, bro. Which is good. All right. So, yeah. So, let's see. The the Jay Muller story in a nutshell. Um, Family insurance agency, same way that many of us have gotten into it. You know, my my dad ran the agency. He uh, He was a partner. And I got into the business around 2007. Um, and about, you know, five years or so in, I was starting to really have some success as, as a producer, you know, build my book, uh, money was good, taking home a nice paycheck. Um, but I just had this feeling that what we were doing was unsustainable in a lot of ways. Like the amount of work we were doing was becoming ridiculous, um, the way we were doing it was just, it was becoming more and more clear that it was completely archaic. And, and that's not a knock on like on that agency at all. Like it was, it was an, is an amazing agency uh, that built a book of clients who love them and that they service extremely well. Uh, But the game clearly was changing rapidly, uh, had changed rapidly, like, and it was passing us by. So, you know, it's, it's, and I think there's many agents uh, that are in this situation where it's like life is pretty good. You know, you're, you're, you're making good money. The, the family's happy. Um, you wake up in the morning, you do your thing. But there's just, you know, you're seeing that, that, that things are changing and the path to change, to real change is not an easy one. And it's not a clear one. So how do you there were, there were a number of kind of triggers that pushed me over the edge and just caused me to tear down the entire thing, really risk the entire thing. I had to be operating in a space where I was willing to just throw it away to be able to move past that sort of, um, that built in, uh, structure that kept me doing what I was doing. Um, so I think it was probably, you know, in 2017 or in there, I, w- I just kind of reached a tipping point. I was working myself ragged. I, I was just working nonstop. The book, you know, my book of business was growing, but because of some kind of complicated ownership structure, I couldn't hire people around me to help me. But the opportunities are still coming in. So I'm just like selling and selling and selling. And I, I just can't do anything to change the way that I'm operating or felt like I, I couldn't. Um, and I remember telling my wife, I said, I've got 10 years and I'm done. Like if I do this for another 10 years and I'm still here, I'm promising you today, I'm going to sell this thing. Like wh- wherever we are, I'm done. Cause I can't do this to you anymore. I can't do it to myself anymore. I don't, I don't feel good as a father when my, 
like my day is all about going in, going into a grind that I know doesn't have a long-term future because of the way that the organization is set up. And, and I'm just doing it to take home a paycheck so that I can retire early. Not there's anything wrong, anything necessarily wrong with that, but it just, it was just eating me apart. And, and when I wasn't, because it was such a huge part of my life that that became a very unhealthy thing for everyone around me. You know, it was like, it was, it became this toxic thing, which was so unfortunate because it's a business that I freaking love. Um, and it, it, it was just eating me up inside. So I, you know, I, I had, I, I kind of changed the chip and I said, okay, I'm just going to do this for 10 more years and I'll be out. And that's it. Um, and Around that time, my, you know, my son was getting a little bit older. I say a little bit older. He's probably like three or something, you know, started to talk a little bit and, you know, engage more. Yeah. And I really think it might've been fatherhood maybe that, that really, that really pushed me over the edge. Um, but I just, I just decided like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I love this business. I want to, I want to change this business and build something that has, power for the next 30 years, not the next three. Um, and I don't want to be this, like, I don't want the image of me as a, as a father and husband to be this guy that just goes in and works every day for, for a paycheck and is kind of miserable because of what he does. Like that, what the heck is that? Like, what kind of example am I, am I, am I giving? Um, so I really started thinking about like, what, okay, well, what do I really enjoy doing? Like if I'm going to change this thing, what do I enjoy? What am I good at? Um, and I, I realized I, I would like to lead a team of people. Um, I would like to introduce people to the amazing careers that insurance has to offer because it is an amazing industry to get into. We lose sight of that sometimes. Uh, and I really, like, I get a high off of empowering other people. Like, when I can, when I can show someone else a path to success and help them achieve that, I just, I, I love that. So I knew that if I could build an organization that could offer success, that, that could successfully um, empower others and, and show people a, a path to success in perpetuity, that that was a scalable thing. And I just started to create this vision of, of what the organization could look like. Uh, even though I was still very much, you know, I was in the day-to-day -day of the other thing. Um, I, I just, I, I took some time every day, usually before the day started, you know, before my head got bogged down with emails and all this other crap, you know, that comes in where all of a sudden the brain is spinning in a zillion directions about what is very urgent right now. And I would just think about this vision of, of what, of what could be. And I think the most, that's an idea, you know, the idea of, of the power of visions is something that I've, I've continued with uh, as we transition to, to this new model. And I think the the most important piece about creating a powerful and effective vision is that it is completely detached from how you're going to achieve it. And maybe that's counterintuitive, but when I found that when I'm stuck in the how, the how is what creates the vision as opposed to the vision itself. And it has to start with the vision itself. So saying, okay, five years from now, not just with my business, but with my professional life, with my family life, what do I want that to look like? Like, like I'm, you know, standing outside of, out of the house, looking at it, you know, describing it in as much detail as possible. What does that thing look like? And the more times you kind of run through that, that process, the more real it becomes. And then, you know, you can back into a path to get to that place. And if somewhere along the line, you're like, okay, well, you know, I want to be a billionaire in five years. Well, okay. You know, maybe we do need to think about the how there. But, um, but you really got to check yourself when you start thinking about, well, I can't do that because of this, or this, this is not going to work because of that thing. Um, so, so I started developing this vision of what I, what I wanted the agency to be and, and trying to, you know, exploring opportunities of, you know, okay, what is something that could allow me to get out of this, this path that I'm stuck in? And there was sort of a, a shakeup in, ownership structure, we'll say. And it was crazy. It was like the, we had a meeting and 
I just, I saw the opportunity and it was like, it, it was like a gigantic like lever that smacked me in the face. And it was like, this is the thing. Like, this is the opportunity to take control of this organization and move forward. And it, it didn't, it, it was that, I didn't let it go a minute past from when I saw it to when I said, this is happening. And that was early in 2018. And from that moment forward, all of 2018 was making that happen um, and, and planning for 2019 when we, when we implemented our, our new agency model. So um, there's, there's a lot there to unpack that. Thank you for that. Cause, cause there's, there's a lot there. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is, or ask you about is, and, and this is something that I have found very much in um, my own work and, and just life in general is, uh, and, and I don't want this to sound too fluffy, but, but so, so take it, take it for, for what it is. Um, I find that if my work isn't, feeding my soul in some way, if that makes sense, what I'm saying to you, you know, I don't want it to be too ethereal, but um, if, if, if it's not satisfying me or if I'm not getting a sense of fulfillment from it, I'm kind of a shitty person in every other aspect of my life. And, and it drives my wife crazy. Cause she'll say like, your, your, our home life is so good, which it is. I'm blessed. I have a, a tremendous spouse and great kids and a good family. Um, and she'll say, why doesn't, why does it matter what's happening at work? And I I really struggle to detach what's happening at work. It doesn't mean everything has to be going good, but the work has to be satisfying. And if it's not, man, I, I really, I, it carries over. It bleeds into other aspects of my life. Is that what you were finding? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it was very, I don't have any problem working very long days. You know, I still do that. I, I think it's, I think that the most, the most effective business leaders oftentimes don't do that. Like they find a way to be really uh, effective with the time that they have, but there are periods when, you know, you just got to do that thing. But when, when I was in that space of, to your point, like my soul was not happy with what I was doing. Then you pile in these long hours on top of it. And it's just like, man, this is uh, I don't want to say I was miserable because I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't a miserable person, but I was not a happy person outside of work. And that's, yeah. that's not a good thing for me or anybody around me. And to me, that's the beauty of this business. And one of the things that I've learned from Rogue is because you can craft an insurance agency into basically anything that you want it to be, yeah. right? It can be pure sales, you know, Wolf of Wall Street kind of style. It can be laid back. It can be local. It can be digital. It can be niche. It can be generalist. I was just listening to Steve Holly on, on Carruthers podcast and he runs this great, you know, he calls it a, a generalist main street agency, three locations yet. He's driven off a of HubSpot. So there's nothing traditional about Steve Holly's operation, but, but mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and even in that, in that is its own monster, right? He is very digital, but also local. So, so my point in saying all that is it's like, if we, we, there's definitely a disconnect because of how flexible our career is, there is definitely a disconnect when you don't feel rewarded, right? Or, 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 or because you, you know, logically, I can turn this thing into something that really makes me happy. So why isn't that there, right? There, it's very weird feeling. Yeah. You know, and we're in such a crazy spot now and have been for years because of, you know, it's been said over and over again, but it's so true there's all, there's all these shiny objects out there and it's like, Oh, I can change it by this doing this thing or that thing, or I'm going to buy this solution or that solution. There is no solution that can be purchased. Was, yeah. There are zero solutions that can be bought in this lifetime. Uh, and certainly in this business, um, that was, that was, I think was a, a lesson that I learned as I went, as I went through this process, because when I did finally sort of set myself free from this other structure, I'm like, Oh, I can't do this because of that I'm like, all right, now I can do whatever I want. And I was at uh, Elevate in 2018, and I think I bought every shiny object, like you know, <laughs> that, that every vendor was offering. And I was like, "Oh crap, I can't put it all together." So then I had to, you know, restructure it all with a better, more, more, more clear vision. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but uh, no, I get it. I get it. You, you, you almost want, um, and and this, and I very much do. What you just described is what I did. I had a whole battle plan rolling into Rogue. Seven days in, zombie apocalypse happens. I get, you know. I was planning on attacking the fitness market, doesn't exist in New York State anymore. My next plan was to go after the restaurant market. That doesn't exist anymore. So now I'm literally 
I, the two campaigns that I had figured would, would be the first six to 12 months of the existence of my agency are, mm -hmm. are not, I have not set my agency up for personal lines. I was like going to be commercial. I was going to go after fitness and restaurants. And that, that was my plan. It gone, complete toast. So like all of a sudden I started filling that void of with, well, what if I change from like, uh, I had this awesome build out from Austin Moorhead and Infusionsoft and, uh, uh, and, and uh, well, what if I change from that to agency zoom? And then if I change from agency zoom to better agency, which, which I love, actually, I love all three of those tools. You can't go wrong with any of them. I'm on better agency now, but, but I'm, I changed three times. Uh, I went from this tool to that tool to try this, to this program to, and I, because I was trying to fill this void, I think that you just talked about of something feels wrong. There's something isn't working. And instead of just, and, and ultimately we'll get to this instead of, kind of figuring out what I actually wanted and, and executing, I was trying to do all these different things, hoping something would be a magic pill. And it's like, what's so, I guess, I don't want to say funny, I guess funny now, but <laughs> what's funny is that like, we've been told a million times not to do that. 10 million times. Every person ever said, don't do that. <laughs> and yet we still do it. Yeah. 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 So I want to talk about this uh, and, and then I want to take this into um, kind of where you actually went was um, I love this concept of um, detaching, com detaching the how from what you want. And, and I'd love for you to break that down. Like, where did you get that from? How did you figure that out? Um, what, how did you stay detached? Because my mind always goes to um, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. And, 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 and um, so there was something in Better Agency that I wanted to do that, that they haven't released the update yet. I know it's coming, but it's not there. My mind immediately goes to, well, geez, if I just switched over to this other tool, I know it can do it right now. So why don't I do that? That is such a ridiculous mental jump, right? Because I, I was immediately went to the, how do I achieve this thing I want to achieve? Instead of staying focused on the broader vision of what I was trying to do, having some perspective and understanding and, and pushing forward. So, so how did you stay detached from the how and, and where did you get that idea to begin with? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think there were kind of two critical moments that, um, that kind of helped, helped me with that philosophy and, and, and to the best of my ability, you know, live to it. I'm not gonna say I'm like a, you know, I'm, I'm there all the time. But it was when I was first uh, creating the vision for the new model of Camargo and was blessed with an amazing business mentor um, who really you know, helped me when I was faced with a crisis that I didn't know how to handle. And you know, the, one of the first exercises when we really got down to it was, where do you see Camargo Insurance in five years? And as soon as I started running down a path of like how to do this thing or that, it was like, well, wait a second. I didn't say how you're going to get there. It's what, what do you want it to be? Um, and because I, I was in such, such a, I felt like I was in such a trapped situation. I really had to just focus on the vision. There was no how, like the how was yeah. insane. <laughs> the, the, the how was a totally crazy idea, which we finally did, which involved risking everything. So like, if I'm focused on that thing, I'm never going to be able to focus on what I actually want it to be. So that was the first time. And then um, I, I met another uh, business leader here locally who is, he's really into this vivid vision process. And, and that's where uh, I kind of took that to another level and, and took it from just the business to life overall. And it's not, so you break it down, you know, it's literally a process. Say, okay, well, what is my vision of my business? What is my vision of my career, which is different? And then what is my vision of my family life? And what is my vision of my personal life? So those are, those are different things. And a lot of times we just group them all together. Um, and when I saw the way that, um, that he created his own and, and how it evolved over time and really the, the, the power of thinking through those things, um, I just loved it. Uh, and, and when I'm, when I'm really, really using that idea to its fullest, and I will not tell you that I, that I, that I stick to this all the time, you know, kind of like working out. It's like I, I do it and then I float out of it and I get back into it. Um, it's when it's in the morning before anything starts 
And that, that vivid vision is, I mean, it's a document. I have it, you know, saved in Google Docs and it literally gets updated, you know, and go in there, okay, well, what, the, these things changed, but it's always, what, what does this thing look like in five years? Um, this thing, whether that, you know, again, that's me, that's my career, that's Camargo, or that's my family. Um, and describing it in as much detail as possible. And there, I mean, there's a lot of power in, in the brain and it's, it's either, it's either the brain either limits us or it empowers us depending on how we yeah. use it. When we get stuck in how we're going to do something, then it becomes limiting because it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a loop um, as opposed to expanding it and saying, well, anything is possible. And once, once you, once I got a little bit better at that, it became a lot of fun <laughs> because yeah. then, you, well, if I'm detached from the how, I can envision anything I want. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, a, for example, I mean, my family and I were moving to Spain next year. Now, that's something we've been uh, planning on for over 10 years. It's not like, you know, created that yesterday in my vivid vision. I'm like, oh, I'm going to move out of the country. Um, but she's from Spain. Her family is over there. We've been planning that, uh, you know, return to that country for, for a long time. Um, I will continue to, to run the business. I'll be back and forth. And I've been doing that for probably 10 years where we go over there every summer. I usually come back for a couple of weeks, take care of anything that's to be done in person. Um, and then we're over there for usually a month over the holidays. Uh, and during different periods of our life when we've had to be there for certain things, I've probably spent six months or more, you know, per year there. So it's not like out of the blue, but those kinds of things, if you think about, if I told you today, well, I'm going to leave the country and, you know, move my family somewhere else. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, like, why not? Like yeah. news, newsflash, nobody has to see anybody in person anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so why are we sitting where we are? Like, really, why? Why are we here? Just because I was here before. Yeah. That's, that's it. I think, um, wow, that's crazy. You know, that that is, uh, you know, and, and I don't mean that like in a negative sense. That's just, it 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 takes this idea of uh, kind of, envisioning what you want and executing on it to like a whole nother level. I mean, the idea of running an agency from a different country, um, specifically a country across the ocean where you couldn't just, if there's a problem, you know what I mean? You, you can't be there the next day. I mean, you have to, I mean, maybe, I guess you can, you can but um, it's not like it's not, uh, as easy. not like you want to do that, nor is it easy. You can't just, you know, kind of leak down from Canada or something, you know. Um, but then when we think about it, I think, okay, well, I, you know, we, we use, uh, we began using VAs this year. I mean, they're in India. So why, how come I'm in Cincinnati and my VAs are in India and half my team is across the river in Kentucky. The other half is here in the office of Cincinnati. Well, the other, whatever percent is here in the office and then the other rest of them are somewhere else in Ohio. You know, it's all fiber optics. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I um, I have I have a VA who lives in the Philippines who's right now, unfortunately, uh, he's experiencing a typhoon and hasn't had power for two days. Oh but um, though he is safe, which is good. Um, uh, and I, my my producer, she lives in Staten Island, which is might as well be a different world from <laughs> from upstate New York. You know what I mean? Not across the water, right? <laughs> yeah, because she's she's three plus hours away. I mean, you know, we've never even met in person ever so um and and we work perfectly fine we zoomed yesterday for an hour and a half catching up and um and it's just funny you know what i mean like i i think that this this way of thinking um you know th there is something there is something very appealing about being the local agency right the the you know hey stop in and there's something appealing about that to me mm -hmm. but uh, and, and I actually put a lot of thought into this a couple weeks ago. Um, you kind of, at a certain point, you have to mash who you are against what you think sounds like a good idea. Being the local agency here in Albany sounds like a good idea to me, right? It, it sounds nice. Oh, yeah, just, you know, he's right over there. It's, that's, but it's not who I am. I, I have probably less clients in this area code than I, than I do, like than I have otherwise. Um, and everything we do is virtual. Everything we do is, you know, is, 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 has nothing to do with us breathing the same air. I have a couple clients that I've seen, but I'll be honest with you. I have a client I just took on who, you know, paid me with a hard check. 
And I regret, I will never take a hard check ever again. Just the process of dealing with the check and dealing with the company and da, da, I will never do that ever again. I will never take another hard check. I'll never take cash ever. It's just, we're just not that agency. And um, I think that's a tough thing sometimes is marrying what sounds or looks like a good idea versus who you actually are. And, um, you know, there, there can be some disconnects and bad decisions made there if you don't have the vision that you're talking about, if you're not uh, kind of playing to a point. Um, and David Carruthers beats me up about this all the time because he can be so focused and he's so good at, you know, and, and I'm, I I'm, I'm, can be very scatterbrained. Well, me too. I mean, you see that blackboard back there? Yeah, I was going to say, that's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty impressive blackboard you have behind you. Well, yeah, but, but it's, there's, the notes are written in every direction possible. It's like, <laughs> it's like I never went to kindergarten or something. Um, I just, that's, I don't know. I have a hard time keeping things in a normal structure. Like it's either in a spreadsheet or it looks like that. There, yeah. there is zero in between. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you, 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 you were feeling discomfort. You were a grinder. You were starting to feel the fact that your your what was going on at work wasn't really feeding your soul. Those are my words. Um, I don't want you to sound overly ethereal if you don't want to be. Um, but then you you had you created this vision. Um, you started to really think about what the agency what you wanted the agency to be in five years. Uh, remove the how, which I I love that. I I get caught up in the how. I'm gonna put some I'm gonna put some some thought time into that idea because I, I think that's a hang up for me. Um, and I don't know that I've ever thought about it that way. Um, and then you make this move. So let's get to the, let's get to the rub here. Let's get to the, so, so, sure. so then you make this, this kind of power move. Let's let talk us through this. Yeah. So, um, we, I saw an opportunity to, to make it happen. And I just, I knew, I knew that was the opportunity. So I knew, I also knew that opportunity was going to involve a, a serious amount of risk. And um, it, it would be painful. Uh, you know, my family was gonna need to be on board with it. Um, it was going to hurt financially for probably a period of years. Um, but it was the right move. So we, man, during that period of 2018 through like early 2019, I moved my family three times. We lived in three different homes. Um, it was, I, I'm big into real estate investment. That's like, that's my, my other passion. Um, so I don't want, you know, it's not like I was, we were like in the streets or something like that thing. thing things were fine, but like what was really paying the bills all of a sudden was completely put at risk. And I wasn't sure whether or not we were going to come through the other side of it. And I needed to make sure that if we didn't, you know, my family was in a position where we'd be okay. So we sold our home um, and we renovated a duplex. That renovation went off the rails. So we were living by parents that got a little bit old with, you know, young kids in the same household, the parents and everything. So we got a short-term apartment. Um, then finally ended up moving into another rental home, which is where, you know, where we're still living. So, you know, there was, there was a, it was, it was a period of uh, very rapid change. I remember telling my wife during that period that I feel like every day I wake up and I might make three potentially life-changing decisions. And it, it was really like that because I didn't know what was going, I didn't know what the result of this whole process was going to be. I knew that by the end of the year, something would have happened <laughs> for better or for worse. Something was happened. Like the wheels were in motion. Um, and operating in that space after a while, it became cool. Uh, it became, um, empowering because every day I had to wake up and just be ready to like make big decisions all the time. And once I got comfortable in that space, I realized, wow, like, all right, I can take this thing somewhere. So finally we, we, we came through it. We got the deal we needed. Um, uh, you know, during this period where I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, I'm like, I'm signing leases to, to build out office space like for a business I don't even know if I'm going to have. I'm like, I'm recruiting people, selling them on this vision of something that isn't really there yet. Um, and, and, you know, we got it. And so January of 2019, my 
second worst nightmare came true and we made all this th all this happen and literally i had not hired a single person into the new <laughs> the new business so signed this expensive relatively expensive lease built this brand new beautiful awesome office um hindsight maybe not a great decision um and walk in the doors january 1st i had hired one person but uh she was not going to start until like in springtime and we had this business to run you know clients needed id cards needed to add and remove vehicles and drivers and all the other stuff and it was you know myself and and two other amazing people that uh i am I'm forever grateful for that that, that came with me uh, on that journey and there so we did were. you basically buy out your book? What what did you do? As much as you're willing to talk about it, like what what happened? It, you know, is 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 you know, and and I don't, and you don't have to get into the specifics, but just like, did you start your whole new agency? Did you buy your book out? Did you buy another agency? Like, how did this? Like, you you made this big move. What what kind of I guess was the move? As much as you're as much as you can talk about it. So essentially, the agency split, and we retained the name. That was kind of like as basic as I could describe what happened. So we were Camargo Insurance, we are Camargo Insurance, we kept our book of business and the other, you know, various owners and contractors and things went their own way. Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. So that's that, that that's a big move. So you become the sole owner of the of the this new entity that retained the name but is way different than what it was before. Yeah. Yeah. So then it was like, all right, well, there's no excuses now. We can build whatever we want. Like there is nobody else that I can turn to and say like, well, I can't do it because of this or that. <laughs> it's all, it's all, all this guy. Right. Yeah. Um, so then we're, you know, we're managing this book and we don't have a lot of people. So we're like, okay, we, we, I, we need service centers. Like without service centers, we just, we cannot survive. And if we're going to stay focused on this vision of what we know it can be, um, I need to find a way to actually work on the business. And that, you know, that, that involved putting some processes in place to make sure that I was not talking to everybody that called in that wanted to talk to me. And then that was like, that was painful, honestly. Like I, I enjoy talking to my customers. I'm not gonna say I enjoy every single conversation. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. you know, those are kind of painful, but th the book grew because I liked what I was doing. And now it's like, all right, I, I can't, I can't talk to Joe and Jim and Sue because I just don't have I do not have the luxury of the time to talk to them because this is a very urgent situation. And what we need to do to make this thing work is start building a team like right now. And we need to make that team effective right now. Um, so, you know, it started with screening calls that are coming in and having somebody manage my email inbox so that people were getting taken care of, but I didn't have to see all that stuff. And then boy, you know, everything went to my voicemail and then somebody else, looked at it and then distributed those voicemails accordingly. So it was like, all right, I'm not like that, that created a lot of time. Not to yep. say I wasn't getting dragged back into all kinds of stuff. I absolutely was. Um, and then I really got down to focusing on bringing, you know, building a sales team. Uh, and our focus was, okay, I'm going to bring in awesome killer freaking B2B salespeople from other industries because it's just not in the cards. I can't afford to bring on somebody, you know, experienced insurance producer. Like, first of all, how does that very rarely happens that somebody yep. just switches shops like because, um, and if they do, it's like, why? Uh, there's always hair on that dog. Always. There's no, any way you slice it, there's hair on that dog. So I wanted to bring and really, you know, what I wanted to do was show people the power of this industry and, and help them succeed in it. So we hired some really awesome people that, uh, that were young B2B salespeople in other industries. Uh, they were literally, you know, door knockers, like just crushed the door knocking, you know, old school, like mm -hmm. that, that was the way that the businesses they worked for were set up and they, they just crush it, man. Um, so I taught them the insurance side of things and they went out and sold and our, my whole, my whole idea up front. I'm not a, I'm not an automation ninja, not really. I love the idea of technology. I am terrible at technology. <laughs> um, like I love thinking about what it can do, but you put me in the system and say like, do almost anything. I am like the biggest freaking Luddite that you've ever met. Yeah. Um, but I realize that's okay. As long as I have somebody else on my team that can help me with that piece of it. And, and, and I can provide direction on where I want this thing to go. 
So out of the gate, like we didn't have that. You know, we were on Hawksoft's like does fine managing your policies, but it's not going to, you know, create any amazing, it's not really a CRM, you know, yeah. it's not going to do anything from an automation standpoint. It's really going to help us. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a marketing background. I knew we had, I knew that marketing needed to be a core part of what we do moving forward, but that's not going to just become a thing overnight. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to build, I'm going to build a team of door knockers. And that's what we did. And then once I got a team of door knockers out there bringing in revenue and building experience, then we can say, okay, well, let's focus on the next level, which is how do we make Camargo really very similar to what you talk about with rogue risk? I, mean, I call it empowering. Like, how do I empower my people through technology? I just love that idea of empowerment in, in, in all of its mm -hmm. senses. But, you know, we talk about what, where our industry is now. Man, there is, there is a lot of potential in empowering people yeah. through technology. Um, you could call it the human optimized agency. So once we had that foundation, you know, then it was like, all right, well, let's get serious about what technology we're using um, and how we can truly build an integrated solution that's going to empower our people uh, uh, to do this thing in a better way. Yeah. How, um, what was your process like for getting the, the, the salespeople up and running? Um, you know, how long did it take you? Like, what did you, how did you do that? Well, it, so it started with, um, the right people really with the right people on board that, that have experience in B2B sales and, and like it, uh, and just happen to be in an industry that's not as good as insurance, which by the way is like almost all of them. Yeah. Um, if I could get those people in, then it was okay. Just do what you do. You already know how to do what you do to get out and build a relationship and get in front of somebody like going from cold to closed. Like we're, we're here, we're sitting at this table because you know how to do that. So go do that thing. When you bring in the opportunity, I will help you structure the underwriting, structure the submission. Uh, and then we hired experienced, um, Ultimately, our account manager, our, our first account manager uh, came from the carrier side from, from claims, uh, Ali Vaughn. She's amazing. She's now our operations and innovation manager. Um, but she had a claims background with Liberty. Um, so I was kind of, she had the insurance background, but not, an, not, a, not, a, not any agency baggage, which honestly was, was a benefit. Yeah. So my producers would bring it in. I would kind of get them together and say, okay, this is how you submit something. Like these are the carrier sites or like these are the underwriters you got to talk to. Here's what an accord form looks like you know, here's how you, here's how you complete it and, uh, got them working together. Then <clears throat> shortly thereafter that we, we brought in an experienced account manager, um, from, from another agency uh, that had that experience. And that was really the idea was bring in the, the sales, the inexperienced salespeople and partner them with somebody with experience on, on the, uh, on the internet. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think, you know, I think I agree with what you said about, you know, in industry talent is very difficult um, because I think, you know, it's so hard. And I know there's a lot of, a lot of good producers that work for agencies that they don't love. It doesn't mean they're in bad situations. They don't love it there. They, you know, every, the grass is always greener. Um, I oddly get a lot of calls from producers from around the country who want to work for Rogue, um, which is weird because this, thing is a shit show right now i mean look we're on a i have a vision and we're on a path but i, I understand man right but to, but to, it would i would be i would be very very intellectually dishonest if i were to tell you that this is like a smooth sailing ship but you know it's just not you know we're still piecing things together i still got to do a lot of stuff so so to my point is um when you bring people in from outside the industry they don't often come with the baggage or the expectations that an in-industry in person comes from. Also, um, like you said, they're just less expensive and you can help them get to the point where they are valuable. You know, they do have a ton of experience, but um, I think as a, you know, when I think about this and I think about it a lot because I am not the world's best producer. I, I you know, to me, I envy when you're like, I grind and sell and call and, and bring the business in. I'm a marketer. I'm really a marketer and I feel like I have some decent technology and leadership skills, but I am a marketing person. I am not a salesperson. I'm just not. I'm, I can sell, 
you know what I mean? I can sell, but I am not that the other side of that coin where you just show up and you're like, ah, I'm going to sell a bunch of stuff and get all jacked up and smash beer cans off my head. Like I am not that guy. And, um, well, I'll do the beer can smashing, but I'm, I, I, am like the natural salesman that, that really is not me either. It was, yeah, that's a know, difficult thing. It was like son of boss syndrome. Who's really freaking stubborn. So I was there long enough that I just kind of figured out what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the people that are on our team now that, I mean, they're freaking light years ahead of me from a, from a natural talent. Standpoint. I know. So I've, I've thought about this a lot because I want, I can't wait to, I want like the producer I have down in Staten Island. I love having her because she is, she's former life insurance. She's, or, you know, she still does some life um, in her, in her own, um, for her own life. She has her own life insurance agency that she runs it, but PCs with, and I feel like my job is just to feed her opportunities. I want to get her the carriers, the opportunities, and I want to make sure the workflow is behind her so she can just call and sell and call and sell. And that is what I'm good at. I am not, I do not get motivated, nor do I feel any uh, energy from calling and selling and calling and selling. I just, it's an odd thing. I just don't, it's weird. Right. I mean, it, well, everybody's wired differently, you know, and yeah. it's like uh, that, that was really one of the talk about that theme of empowerment. Again, one of the empowering things about going through this process of changing the organization and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead and run an organization. I'm not going to be the organization was that I was able to recognize my own deficiencies in, in hot, which of which there are very many <laughs> and then hire people, uh, awesome people that can do all those things way better than I can. Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden we have power. So I can kind of, I can stay in my lane. Now I got to be the one that's, you know, captaining the, the ship. Otherwise it's going to, you know, it's going to go in any and all directions and that's not good. But I don't need to be the person that's connecting technology because yeah. I'm going to do that really terribly. I don't need to be the person that's creating relationships from nothing because that, that's not good. Now you put it in front of me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll crush it. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's an exciting thing, man. Cause once you like, once you turn that corner and I can tell just from listening to your podcast, like you're, you know, you're, you're heading that direction, man, you're going to, that it's going to be fun because you're going to be able to focus on what you like. And that was what I found, yeah. like, man, when I finally got to the point that I could focus on what I liked, then it became really, really fun. And I was surrounded by good people that, that were focusing on what they loved. And then you've got this synergy of, of, of awesomeness. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think, you know, when I, when I, from talking to so many agency owners and um, again, this isn't an easy thing regardless, but uh, it feels to me like um, many of the agency owners that really hit their stride, that really like wake up every day and feel really good about their agency have taken that step to remove themselves from the stuff they don't like doing. And some of them still love to sell, which is great, right? They've put themselves in a position where they still sell a lot. They like that. That's again, that's what like you choose to do. Use. Yeah, what you choose to do isn't the point. The point is they've removed everything that they don't like to do or they don't have a solid skill set in from their day to day so that they can focus on the things that they are good at. And um, you know, that 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 to me feels like uh, a defining step in an agency's evolution when you're able to do that. Absolutely. I, um, so this board here, it kind of ebbs and flows on what I'm tracking on it, but having something really big and in my face <laughs> helps me stay focused on it. Otherwise it's, you know, it's gone in, in, in a flash. So I had the, the old quadrants, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 of, uh, what is it? Uh, important, but not urgent. Um, yeah whatever, urgent, but not important, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is that most of us end up working on the urgent and important quadrant because it's urgent and important. You got to get it done and it's important. Uh, and just kind of having that up in my face and, and knowing that, okay, well, my objective is to be running this thing, not being in it. Um, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time to get there. But if I'm tracking what I'm doing, on that board, every time I find myself operating in that uh, important and urgent category, it's like, well, why am I there? Why am I doing this thing? Am I doing this because I just want to? Am I doing it because there I had some failure of process that, and that's why it ended up on my plate? Um, and that that really helped me kind of keep keep things moving towards that uh, not urgent but important quadrant. 
which I think yeah. is what Yeah, I think um I think what you're doing, man, is awesome. I think that I think the way you're approaching the agency is is just another tremendous example of crafting this thing to be what fits your life and what you want it to be. And 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 that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on and, and tell your story and, and talk a little bit because I think I think so I think it's very easy to get caught up in what everyone else is doing, right? Like I remember, you know, IOA this year um, in uh, San Diego, which was awesome. Like you talk to so many people and it's, you know, and they're, they're telling, yeah, I do this and I do this. And it's so hard not to leave an event like that and be like, oh, I should be doing this thing over here and I should be doing this. Man, I should be going after this thing. And, uh, and even Crothers talks about that a little bit. Um, I was just listening to his podcast. That's why it's in my brain. But um, uh, about him coming out of one of the IOAs and now he's in person lines and this and stuff. I think it's very easy to get caught up in what you feel like you should be doing. And what I think what's awesome about your story and Camargo is you are, you made the very tough, very risky decision to build the agency to what you wanted it to be. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, nothing's ever perfect and nothing's ever exactly, but you are, you're on that path and you're, you're, you're taking the steps forward to get there. And, um, I think more people need to hear that we can build these things however we want. You want to forever be a one-person show? God bless you. You want to have 100 people? God bless you. You want to be the local agency? Amazing. You want to be fully digital, you know, clients all over the country? Whatever. All of it is possible, but I think it's what you, what do you want? What, what do you actually want to be? Who do you want to work with? And I love, and, I, and this is, I think, the core idea that I hope people take away is if we remove the how, and we really think about what we want, then we, the how kind of gets, it kind of solves itself to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, you, you focusing on the vision, I think is the number one most important thing. It, when trying to do something big, whatever big means for whoever is trying to do it yeah. is well, like focus on where it's going and then back into the how. Yeah. It's a, it's a reversal yeah. uh, of thinking through it. Well, dude, I, uh, I appreciate you. I want to be respectful of your time. And um, where can people get at you? You said LinkedIn, the good place to connect if people want to just connect with you and see what you're doing. And Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, love, love the LinkedIn. Uh, Jay Muller, uh, CamargoInsurance.com is our site. Uh, but yeah, ping me on LinkedIn. Uh, love to connect and, and, to your point, learn what everybody is doing in this industry because there are a million ways to do it and uh, we can all learn from each other. And, and that's, we're at a really cool point in time where we're sharing and, and, and empowering each other. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate you coming on and be good. Yep, you too, man. Thank you. Yes.
few drinks and smoke a joint bubbles? Good.